right, hey guys, and welcome to the Three Drinks In Podcast, episode number 268. I'm your host, Vince. Over there is your host, Phil. Hey. There he is. In this episode, we are talking about Cruel Intentions and She's All That, two films from the 1900s. Uh, before we get started, we want to ask you to please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Make sure that you leave us a five-star rating and maybe even a review. You can follow us on uh, X, Threads, Instagram. We are at Three Drinks in Pod on all of those. You can like us on Facebook. You can email us at Three Drinks in Podcast at gmail.com. And you can buy our merchandise over at tpublic.com. No more Stitcher. Stitch. Well, I think we're still on Stitcher. No, Stitcher is shutting down. Then we're not on Stitcher anymore. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to a podcast the other day and they're like, hey, are you enjoying this on Stitcher? Well, we're about to shut down, so go enjoy it on a different platform. Thanks, Stitcher, for all the memories. I was like, oh, <laughs> we used to be on that. Yeah, so, so. that's too bad. I mean, that, that that might have been like the second platform that we were on besides um, Apple. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's done, so no more Stitcher. <laughs> the fact that any other podcast system exists besides Apple Podcasts and Spotify is amazing to me. Like, I mean, they're all about the same, right? But it's what the other two are just so ubiquitous. Like, is anybody really listening to like Google Podcasts or that in the Google Play Store? I do. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes, you're the one. I, I use Google Podcasts. So. I, did, I literally didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, assumed it, I assumed it was Spotify he used because it's free. I I only recently even got a Spotify account. So, I mean, I have one for our purposes. I don't actually use it. And people get mad at me like, you don't have Spotify? You have Apple Music? I went, yeah, it's just, it works from my phone better. And the, the audio quality is better. You Even if the speakers I'm playing with aren't fantastic, like. Yeah. What do you want yeah. from me? Whatever. I still use my iPad or iPod. Yeah. So, so we did a movie marathon years ago where we were like, let's watch 90s teen movies. Yes. We'll get some chili. We'll have some beers. It'll be a good time. I do not remember all of those movies. It was. Like American Pie. Seven Dwarves. American Pie. <laughs> Itchy. Script. No. Um <laughs> American Pie, Ten Things I Hate About You. Um, yeah, what's the other one? The mm. Can't Hardly Wait. Can't Hardly Wait. Uh, Varsity Blues. Varsity Blues. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Was, was there a fifth one? Oh yeah, I think there was. Bring there, it on. Bring it on. That's it. Was that it? Just those there, four? There, there were, wait, no. American Pie, she's all that, Varsity Blues, um, Ten Things, and bring yeah. it on. That's that. That's five. On. Okay, so we just watched yeah. five. Okay. Five. Five seems to be our limit. We did. We did do the, um, the Star Wars marathon. That was six movies. Yeah, the tenth time that was six. We did all the Rocky movies. We did all the Rocky. That was also six. Yeah. Um. But, so I don't these think two we movies, had six. Yeah, these two didn't make the cut. Yeah, well, 
So now you rewatched both. I only rewatched Cruel Intentions because I simply I, I didn't have time. I did re- I did rewatch the trailer for She's All That, which is long. Like if you go to like the uh, <laughs> my um, long. my 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 Amazon Fire TV thing, which is what what we watch TV on, and I'm going through it, and we just found the movie, and. I didn't want to rent it right things like that because I couldn't watch it. But like, oh, I'll play the trailer. What, you know, what, what was the trailer like? And the trailer was just like a giant scene from the movie. <laughs> it was just the scene of like Paul Walker talking to Freddie Prince Jr. about like, I could take any girl and turn her around. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's Pygmalion. Like, it just like I, I forgot what the point of the film was. And then I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that that this is based off of Pygmalion. So like, both these films are actually based off of other works much older other works i might add and that was like a thing in like the late 90s early 2000s was to take a well-known um you know classic story and sort of like reimagine it with teens and you know it occasionally worked so you had 10 things i hate about you was the was the taming of the shrew and it wasn't subtle about it too it did point it out um what was the basketball movie with like Amanda Bynes? Like she's the man. Oh yeah, that's what is that? That's Twelfth um, Night, right? Yeah, and uh, and so in Cruel Intentions is I'm not going to do the French Dangerous Liaisons, which was a book written at the end of the Ancien Regime in France, but before the Revolution, like a critique of the bourgeois. And um, and she's all that is Pygmalion, and those of you might know it better as My Fair Lady, the musical with uh, Audrey Hepburn or, or and or uh, Julie Andrews. Mm. So, um, but yeah, this was like a thing. They would take these old stories, and oh, they did like a direct, you know, very obvious. Oh, that's remake. right. Oh, yeah. oh, I I give that one a lot of credit for sticking to its guns on, you know. Oh, they murdered a lot of kids in that movie. Yeah, there's murder <laughs> and blackmail, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is really like Othello, <laughs> yeah. the Shakespeare play." Like, we're not half-assing this one. <laughs> so, was it was it Omar Epps? Was it, uh, uh, or I don't know. I'll effort that later, but like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I mean, I, I, um, oh, Mackay Pfeiffer. And yes. Josh Harnett, by the way, who just showed up again in Oppenheimer. Right. He was the main, he was one of the main kids in that. Josh yeah. Harnett. So. He was Iago. Right. He was, yeah. he was the bad guy. Yeah. So, but so. these two didn't make it. Yeah. So describe to, to us your, your wife's reaction to watching Cruel Intentions. We, all right. So. Uh, she had never seen Cruel Intentions and I had never seen She's All That. And it like, I, I heard people talking about Cruel Intentions and it's like, you know, it had been 20, 24 years or whatever. And they were like, yeah, you know, a lot of those movies don't hold up, but this one was great. And I was like, you know, I haven't seen Cruel Intentions since I was like 14. I mean, you know, we got on video. I was like, I remember it being kind of dumb. So we were watching it and it is kind of dumb. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> My wife hated it. She kept looking at me like, this is awful. Like, this is when Sarah Michelle Gellar is your best actress. 
you know, you have a very bad movie. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's a nostalgia play. <laughs> you know? And then when we watched She's All That, we had the opposite reactions where I was like, I want to poke my eyeballs out with knitting needles. This is awful. And she's like, no, Paul Walker. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> no, Paul Walker. Not you know? no, Paul Walker is good. Right. But just no he's, Paul Walker. He's there. Like, uh, so it turns out that these movies rely heavily on nostalgia and good feelings of the 90s to get you through them. Yeah. Because you know? Cruel Intentions is, is, it's not good in a lot of ways. It's mercifully only like an hour and 37 minutes. They both are. Yeah, they're both really short. This, <laughs> this is back when you can make a movie for less than six hours and nobody minded. Well, it's because they were so bad. But when yes. you do watch them, you're like, okay, they, there's definitely parts that are missing. That should probably <laughs> be in the movie. Right, that's what I was thinking. Like, this one could actually stand to be a dad longer. Uh, yeah. Because there's like, kind of a lot going on here that happens really fast and without explanation. <laughs> You know, I could I could use like five more minutes of this here. You know, just to sort of increase how much this makes sense. And I mean, we'll we'll, we'll get to some of the reasons why it's bad. But one of the things I found really funny is that every scene in the movie seems to go on for like ten seconds longer than it needs to, and yet it's still too short. I found that to be hilarious. Like if you watch it, like there's a thing. Like so, like I think the most obvious example of this is there's a scene when Ryan Philippe and um, Reach with a Spoon are having an argument under a tree, and she's I think she still rejected him for whatever reason, and. Um, you know, she's kind of saying something and he, he, you know, he's yelling at her, you know, can you honestly say that you don't feel anything from me or something like that? And they go their separate ways. Like, they, they, they split. And then, for no reason, the camera cuts to him climbing down a flight of stairs in this sort of, like, palatial, long, you know, like, North Shore mansion and going, like, out of frame. It's like that was attached to a different scene where he left a different argument in off because it didn't match at all. Like they, they it's like he, it's like like they they exited, and they showed him again entering the frame and then leaving the frame again and like not doing anything else. And then he shows up later, like in her room, like in the next scene. Like what? Wait, where did he go? And like, like why, why did he come back and then leave again? I, I don't understand. Let's do a star wipe already. <laughs> <laughs> there are other wipes besides star wipe. Yeah, why, have, why have chicken when you can have steak? Um, and like, they did that with Sarah Michelle Gellar's character a lot. Like, somebody would do something stupid and the camera would sort of like hold on her and she would like, her smile would fade and she would go, ugh, idiot or whatever. And then she did that a lot in this movie. But everyone kind of had that. Like the camera would linger on them for a second, and they yeah, either not do could, anything or as if we couldn't tell she was lying in that scene. Like I think we've established <laughs> her character pretty well. 
<laughs> it was kind of gilding the lily a little bit I, over there. Uh, yeah. So, like, just editorial choices were confusing. And, like, I'm, I'm trying to find, like, who actually edited this movie or if, like, they did they, they did it with some kind of early AI and, you know, they couldn't quite figure out what to do with it. But um, it was, yeah, that, that was just some odd choices. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jeff Freeman. I don't know who Jeff Freeman is. Uh, yeah, I did a lot of these, like, goofy-ass movies. Ted, Just Friends, with Ryan uh, Ryan Reynolds in a fat suit. Mm-hmm. Kind of a thing. And, uh, yeah, nothing good. Okay. But, like, the editing kind of stood out to me. It's like, this is weird why we're lingering here. Or this is weird why, like, we're just kind of jumping around and... Yeah, so that was my big hot take out of this movie. This is like this that, is, the editing. Was the bad. editing was really shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I very rarely comment on the editing, so it has to be really bad for me to notice how bad it is. And so this was pretty bad. That's funny. I I didn't think it was that bad compared to like everything else. <laughs> well, it's what everything else was so obviously bad that this was. Like, oh, and, you know, in addition to the acting being incredibly overdramatic and having weird scenes, you know, and no character arc that makes any sense, and you know, bad dialogue, and you know, like the most wooden performance that 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 Reese Witherspoon's ever given in her life. Like, I don't, it also had bad, it also had bad, bad editing. Throw that just make sure you throw that on the top there. Yeah. <laughs> and the editing was bad too. And also this sucked. <laughs> so um I I don't know. I was trying to decide actually it's very easy which one of them was better. Because uh you know, people have the soft spots for these things. I, I don't and I wanted to see if they still held up. That's the whole point of these this little series that we do. And I think this one holds up better if you're going to have to watch one of them. You know, if you're in some sort of saw-like contraption and you're being <laughs> tortured by watching one of these movies, I'd say The Cruel Intentions is the better one because it knows what movie it is. It's a bit more confident, you know. Okay. Like, it's ostensibly about high school students, but they don't go to school and they don't talk about classes and like like they certainly don't look because none of them are actually teenagers and they, <laughs> they were all like in their mid-20s yeah they're in their mid-20s i mean selma blair was almost freaking 40 years old or something <laughs> and and they don't you know there's no illusion that they're that they're in high school they certainly don't act like high schoolers so like the school is barely even a backdrop so like to throw it in with the with nineties teen comedies, I'm like, you know, it's 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 definitely a comedy. Like you're supposed to laugh at it. Although I don't think Ryan Phillippe got that message, but like it, it's clearly like here's a goofy movie about kids acting out the ways that we think rich adults people would act if they had unlimited money and no scruples. Yeah. <laughs> and you just sort of watch them do that. The problem is that you're right. There's like 
scenes that could go on a little longer or are just missing that would help move it along. I have such a higher appreciation for 10 things I hate about you after oh. watching these two movies where you watch, you go back and watch that. And you're like, this is, this is a masterwork. This is yeah. so much better than them. You know? So what, what was missing from the, like, like I, I know that there was chunks of it that like, you know, they, they were just moving things along quickly because either they didn't write the scene where, you know, that, that connected the dots or they didn't know that they had accidentally removed it. So, but, but, but I can't quite figure out what it is that was missing. Can you, can you enlighten me here? Cause I, even, Oh yes. Totally... And actually it was in the movie and it was done as a five second clip that I am convinced was just like candid shot of the two of them, Reese Witherspoon and Ryan Phillip, because they started dating and then they got married after this. And it's just a shot of them walking through the park, like smiling to each other. And I was like, wait, what was that? <laughs> like, I thought it was like a whole movie that they spliced in. Like, hang on a second. When you have a love story, when you have two people who are going to fall in love or, or in and out of love, they need to be having the same scenes together. They need to be in the same room. They have to have conversations. They have to go on dates and like one learns something about the other one and the other one calls him an idiot, but then she starts to soften. Like, I mean, Beauty and the Beast did this. <laughs> that was a cartoon for God's sakes. You know, uh, in 10 Things I Hate About You, Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles fall in love by the end of the movie because they spend time together. Where she like he he's trying to get her to go out with him and she hates his guts. And yet they have like flirty banter and he shows up and makes jokes and like at places that she would hang out and she starts to try to get to know him and they go to a party together. Like they have scenes together. There are no scenes like that in this movie. Ryan Phillippe just shows up at her front door, badgers her, and she goes, You're horrible. Everyone's told me you're horrible. I don't want to spend any time with you. And then that's it. And she walks away and he goes, mm. <laughs> how could I get this virgin to like me? <laughs> it's like, well, you could try being nice to her. You could take her out. So there's one shot of them walking through the city that lasts maybe five seconds where he's like, let's go out sometime. Okay. And then that's it. This is like after the elevator. I, I or think the, so. the 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 escalator scene because that was like the big thing from the movie that everyone recalls. And no, she it's comes up the that. escalator and it's before that bit. Yeah, but I think it's after because they do have one scene, like there's all the, the scenes that there's there's oh, the car scene when they're talking about after they were done, like like they were like volunteering at an old folks home or something. Yeah. Yes, and like. Yeah. She's like, I don't, I don't buy any of your, of your BS about, you know, the old lady being cool. And like, she's making silly faces at him and he's like genuinely smiling back at her. She's being right. goofy. So that's one. Yeah. That's it. And that, then, that was like the one that I, that I recall. But right. there was and one more. And even in that, in that scene, you're not even sure if he's acting or not. Like Actually, because he's he's supposed to be trying to get her like by by showing that he's vulnerable. So I can't tell if he is faking it at that point. See, I felt that he was it, it was difficult to tell what his intentions were the entire time except for that scene. And I think it's because it was unscripted. 
I think it's because mm-hmm. they were like, you know, we need you to do something in the car that's cute, Reese. Can you make funny faces at him? And or like they didn't tell him that they were going to do that. And because if, if you notice that his smile is the same in every shot except for that car scene. He's, he's mm-hmm. just that, that, that big kind of dead-eyed, toothy, you know, pull yeah. like, your, like, his, like, his, like his fish hooks in his, in his face. Yeah, his, his grin is fairly malicious. Yeah. <laughs> so. But in that scene, it's not. He looks completely different. Yeah, and so I think it's because like they just they didn't tell him what they were gonna do, and she's acting like a goofball, and it's cute, but he had no idea. So, um, but yeah, the rest of it, you know, I can't tell. Is he being serious? Is he being vulnerable? Is he breaking down? Or is he? Is it like a puzzle wrapped in an enigma? You know, <laughs> like is, how many layers of of the onion here do we have wrapped to peel back? wrapped in a suit yeah i mean it's i don't know and like they wasted an opportunity because they were in an old folks home she's like i'm so nice i'm gonna go volunteer with old people and she drags him there because he's like i'm only gonna go to impress her because i don't really care about old people and rather than have him like be in awe of her actually being nice or like watch him soften up and she's like suddenly like oh maybe he does have a nice side to him like as he takes care of an old lady (laughs) he's super mean to the old lady and he's like alone with her in a room for four hours yeah like there's like that would have been a good time to show he's not a heartless bastard but okay yeah the the ultimate thing is that there is actually no motivation for him to change he tries to get her to go to bed with him she doesn't she doesn't she does she does because suddenly they love each other. He's impotent and he can't get it up. And then he realizes he loves her. Like the, the fact that you're like, I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of insane. Like the, <laughs> the, the, the fact, the, the fact that here's a the, few things no one knows at all. <laughs> the fact that he, you know, is genuinely in love with this person makes him sexually inadequate because he's only ever had sex you know is that what happens yes when does that happen when she goes to take off his his uh his pants like the first time that they try to do it like she goes and tries to take take his pants off and like he like it doesn't work right or something he kind of runs out of the room and like closes the door behind him crying almost like oh i I just (sighs) out of breath like oh i didn't see it that way i thought it was the he was actually having feelings and he was starting to regret what he was doing because he was, you know, he was using flim flams to convince her to get to sleep with him. <laughs> and so he felt bad and he chickened out. And then Sarah Michelle Geller was trying to make him feel bad that he did that. And she assumed it was a sexual thing when really it was just emotions. Okay. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I she's, got su- the- she's super mean. <laughs> yeah. She's super, she's super mean. And so, like, yeah, but I, I guess like, I got the impression that, like, nothing was working right and it kind of freaked him out. Like, he didn't know how to have sex without, like, you know, being a jerk. Without being sort of rapey. <laughs> <laughs> sort of rapey. Like, I was talking about this movie today, too. We were talking about something that, you know, like, involving, like, um, like, cyberbullying and stuff. And, like, th- this is the first time 
I recall there being in a case of cyberbullying and like grotesque cyberbullying in the beginning of this movie. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty bad scene. It's it stood in stark contrast to the uh, you know the internet nakedness that you found in um, American Pie, which was like, oh, that's great! Everyone got to see. You know, naughty and naked, and then they sent her back to Sweden or whatever the hell she was yeah, from. To, to punish her, she <laughs> has to leave the school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so. But yeah, that's what. So, like, there weren't any scenes like that. And then they have like a two second clip of them smiling at each other. And then, boom, he's in love. And like, he suddenly develops a conscience and feels bad about what he's doing. And. When she's about to leave, he realizes, well, you know, I should change. And he, he runs to meet her at Penn Station and she comes up the escalator and then they have sex. Even though she has a boyfriend. I was going to say, whatever happened to the mysterious Trevor? Like, we never hear about him ever in, again. He's hiking in Europe. Oh, that's right. Uh, backpacking through backpacking Europe. Backpacking through Europe. Yes. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor doesn't know. Yeah. To be fair, she did write a big article in Seventeen magazine saying that she was not going to do that, but uh, he made a bit of a hypocrite out of her. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And then, (laughs) and my wife too, (laughs) spoiler alert, he dies at the end of the movie. He gets into a fight and he falls into the street and he gets hit by a cab. And he he goes, you know, over the hood. It's overly dramatic. And my wife was like, oh, geez, that's so stupid. He probably wouldn't even die from that. And I go, he does die. And she looks at me, she goes, wait, he does? <laughs> I said, yeah, he's about to die. <laughs> he dies right here in the street. She goes, what are you talking about? And then like two minutes later, he was dying in her arms. And what was, are you talking about? She was so mad. She's like, what's the book? <laughs> it's, like, it's like the end of City of Angels. You're like, oh, come on. Oh, come on. <laughs> Yeah, like at the screen. I mean, I imagine that you know most of his of his injuries were internal, but like it didn't, it didn't well, really do didn't a lot. Off, uh, just, <laughs> it didn't do a lot to sell that. And so I'm looking. I'm like, th- this is all they did. It's like a little ketchup smudge on his forehead, and that was the ball game. Like, all right, I guess that's it. He really, really hit his noggin there. Well, I think it's funny because, like, yeah, he gets hit by a breaking cab in Central Park. I mean, how fast was it going? 18 miles an hour. I mean, to be thrown over the roof of the car, you know, you really, you got to be going pretty quick. And also, like, he's, the whole thing is, like, he saves her, right? Like, you know. He pushes her out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, if you. If you think about it for half a second, you go, well, you know, at that angle, he wouldn't go over the car. He'd go under the car. <laughs> so he'd be here forever doing that. <laughs> but um, it, so I think the most important thing about this movie at the time was the uh, was the kiss in the park between Sarah Michelle Geller and okay, uh, so you, Selma yeah. Blair, if we, if we can all... Get in the way back machine for a minute. All right. So before we get to that, there's two things that that I one I questioned and one my wife questioned. One was Ryan Phillippe's character worth redeeming? I say no. <laughs> okay. Know, 
he's not a good dude. So like, even when he falls in love with her and you know, he's changed and all this stuff and he gets like a nice little redemption arc at the end, even though he sacrifices himself, I was still like, this guy's such a dirt bag. Like, <laughs> one nice gesture doesn't make up for, um, you know, the suggestive rape and, uh, the nudie pictures he puts online without consent. The <laughs> blackmail of the gay guy. Like, yes, the blackmail of, of with pictures and everything, you know. But aside from all that, he's he's a good guy deep down. Like it's like, no, 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 no. I, I'm sorry. Um, he, like he does nothing to redeem himself but have sex with Reese Witherspoon. Like that's the only thing that happens. Yes. Like, like those robots. I was just learning to love. Like <laughs> <laughs> shut down. <laughs> Emotion circuits override. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so must like, kill uh, everyone. Yeah. Crash, kill, destroy. I, I I couldn't get behind that. I think that's what makes this movie harder to watch. You know, because they're just so awful. Well, like they. The the thing about it, like the actual redempt like redemptive thing that he attempts to do in his please don't leave me reach Witherspoon. What's her name? Annette? Uh yeah, Annette. Uh, stupid name. Um <laughs> people are named Annette. <laughs> That's a real well, name at least. It's for, you know, for, for, you know, for some people it's fine, but in this movie it makes no sense. <laughs> you hear that Annette's out there? <laughs> But um, but he he mails her his uh, or like bangs on his her, on her on her mom's door like gives her like his journal and says like yeah. here here is my journal which he, he's writing journaling. in it all the time. <laughs> it made journaling cool for a few months. Oh yeah, but like it's not just a journal; it's like a collage journal. Oh yeah, well it's very artistic. Yeah, and his so, pictures, the original burn book. Yeah, right. It's it's basically a burn book, and the thing about the burn book idea, which we also you know re- repeated it in Mean Girls, is that it's not a truth thing. Like it's not an objective. Like it's not necessarily a confession per se. It's just someone's opinions about something. Well I, well, I think that's what makes this one different. Was that it was a confession? It, it was it was like how he really felt about everything. Like how I think it's supposed to be that the act he puts on with Sarah Michelle Geller as this like cool, sophisticated playboy who doesn't care about anything but having sex with people is like a front. Like he actually has emotions and feelings and things like that. All but right. If you're gonna keep that hidden for ninety eight percent of the film <laughs> You know, it it's a bit of a stretch. And what does it get you at the end? Like you learn she's a coke whore. Okay, like everyone kind of knew she. Like she like. No, no well, one knew that. I Her guess... thing was that she had a reputation, and it it was pristine, and she was like, "I hate having it, but it lets me get away with everything." I guess that was what was sort of sort of like a like another weak point for the movie too. Is it like you only ever really saw her in two places, talking to Christine Baranski, who was hysterical, as by the way, she was great, and talking to you know Ryan Philippe and Selma Blair. Like, I don't know, it's just the part of it that was so strange was like since they were never in school, 
it was hard right, for her. Right at school. <laughs> it was like, and, and, and I mean, that part kind of makes sense. It takes place in the summer before school starts. So this is one summer's worth of nonsense. But the fact that, like, you don't see her ever fooling anyone who isn't an idiot. Like, Christine Baranci's character and some of, some of Blair's character, they're stupid. They're buffoons. And so the fact that she's able to pull the wool over their eyes is not hard to imagine. So when you only see her interact with basically four characters and she's having sex with the black guy, she wants to have sex with her stepbrother, ew, and, you know, she's she's manipulating the stupid mom and daughter. But, like, you kind of see at the end at the funeral where she tries to talk to people about this or that, like, you know, at, but it just they don't build her character up to be much of a facade to anybody who's not stupid. Well, you just don't see it. Right. It's only an you, hour and 30 minutes. You don't see. You don't see. So you don't know right. who these characters she, are. She just says it. So she says, like, I everyone looks at me like I'm Marsha Brady. Everyone thinks I have this thing. And like her whole plot line with Selma Blair is I'm going to destroy Selma Blair by using my stepbrother to get revenge on a guy who dumped me. Who we never see. You see him in like a flashback or something. Yeah, she's giving him a head you, in the car. Yeah, like you really don't see him. And Brian Phillippe even says, like, why don't you just do it? Why do I have to sleep with Selma Blair? Like, just just do what you would normally do and be a bitchy, manipulative person. And she goes, because I don't want him to know it was me. I don't want people to know that I'm like that. So, yeah. like, at the end... He hurts her the only way he know can it. He, the only way he knows how is to destroy her reputation. That's why they like shake their head at the cocaine in her necklace instead of holding her off to jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for having like nine grams of it in her crucifix. Yeah, like they're like, mm, very disappointed in your cocaine <laughs> habit, and then they walk away. It's like she's more upset that she's like, oh no, all the horrible things I've done have has now come out. I guess. So. I mean, like, but the part of that too was like, well, if he, like, no one trusted, like, he had a, a, a bad reputation. So why would everyone believe him, too? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, like, is it because Annette Hargrove with a dumb name said that, you know, he was really a good guy? I think so. Like, it really was his journal. Yeah. But yeah. you're right. Like, he, he had a horrible reputation. You know, yeah. that's why she resists him so much. Yeah. But I you know, and so the other thing was that where my wife was like, I don't understand what the point of the Selma Blair plot line was. And I kept like explaining it, like, well, she's trying to get revenge. And my wife goes, No, no, no. I know what it is. Why is it in the film? <laughs> why is it there? And it's... I think it's there to have the two of them kiss in the park. I mean, in the... So I read a little bit about the original French novel, and that storyline is a bit more sort of forward in the sense that, like, like there's it's like two separate stories happening simultaneously, which is kind of what we have here, too. Oh, yeah, it, like they don't really intersect until the end. Yeah. And I think that was by design. Like you, and I also think that the 
the boyfriend who we never see in this movie is a bigger part of the other movie of 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 the original of, book of the book yeah. yeah so she's she's really trying to ruin the the, the reputation of the other he's, he's like a prince or somebody noble yeah in, in the book and some some of Blair's character comes out of a like a a nunnery or whatever mm-hmm. a convent and so she's supposed to be like super pure here she's just an idiot right it's, she She's the worst part of the movie. She's absolutely terrible. Like, and that's not she, really her fault. Like she, the character is written to be stupid. Yeah, but that stupid? Nobody's that stupid. <laughs> I think they I think they were like that. I mean, like it's just, I mean, she, I thought she, she had brain damage. <laughs> well, it also kind of makes no sense too because like she's supposed to be more desirable than Sarah Michelle Gellar. And I don't see how that could possibly be true because she's borderline mentally incapacitated. Like, she's just that whole thing where, like, they show her, like, in a flashback eating an ice cream cone that falls on the floor and then she cries. I'm like, I know. What? What am I looking at? <laughs> like, are they taking advantage of this poor girl? Yes, they are. But, so, yeah, it just, like, that's supposed to run parallel to his story with Annette. And the only time that they meet is the fact that, like, she's able to manipulate the music teacher into, right. you know, going after Sebastian. And then, then that that's how they actually inter- intersect. But I mean, it also sets up the bet. There's a bet between the two of them. Right. She well, So he has to, it's just, it's just his side of the bet. Like, he has to bed the virgin. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, okay. That, yeah. But that, did she have to do anything or no? Just him. I think he just had to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Diane Weist, everybody, whose lines were all dubbed. If you noticed that. Who's that? The ant. Wait, what? Oh no, I'm sorry, Louise Fletcher. I always confuse Diane Weist <laughs> and like, Louise Fletcher. What the hell are you talking about? They are basically the same person in my head. One of them was on Law and Order. One of them was on Star Trek. <laughs> That's yeah. the only difference they were. Louise Fletcher was there. Yes. Yes. She so. she was like, you know, made for TV movie. I mean, she like even her lines were like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, she really did not want to be there. Yeah, and I remember it was funny because I was listening to the other podcast about this, and they were talking about Joshua Jackson's character. Yes, who was like ultra gay, you know frosted tips kind of a bitch kind of thing and they were like oh that really didn't age well and the the jock who's secretly gay and in the closet that didn't really age well and i'm like it was 1999 (laughs) that's that's what happened i'm not saying the blackmail happened the jock would never first of all jock would never have come out like he was right to be like afraid of that but like you know gay stereotypes were everywhere people always just thought that people talked like that i mean they didn't of course but well, they, I mean, to say it didn't age well is, I don't, know, I don't know if that's entirely true. Like, they, you do not hear a lot about gay men playing pro sports, for example. Like, so, like, when Ted Lasso did a whole thing about one of the characters being gay on that show, sometimes those things feel a little dated now because we're, you know, we're a much more tolerant society and we have a lot, of, you know, different laws and, you know, it's very different than how it was back then. But, like, that still kind of felt relevant when I watched it just this past year. Like, yeah, there aren't a lot of openly gay men 
playing professional sports. Like there was a thing a few years ago about a football player in the NFL draft who I don't know anything about because we never heard from him again. Like he, you know, he was. I think he, he just a... retired. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He had, I mean, he had a couple of years. Yeah. I just saw it in the, in the news the other day. Oh, okay. It's hysterical. Yeah. Like, but like there was a thing where like him, him, him and his boyfriend were watching the TV when he got drafted, and it was nice. And but that was it. That's the only time I've ever heard about that. Mm. It just doesn't come up. So like, it's, it's a little relevant. They said the word "fag" a lot, which is something you do not hear anymore. No, it's well, it's, it's a very '90s movie. Yeah, and it, and that 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 word's really taken on like a heavy. No, it's not the quite the N word, but like no. you, you don't say because it it's really disrespectful. Uh, yeah, but like that that's just that's how people spoke. I remember they did an interview. I'm sure I mentioned this with the people who wrote Bring It On, and they were asking them about like you know they say that and Bring It On too, and they say other kind of stupid slang. That, you know, do you feel bad that you put that in there? And the writers were like, "No, that's how kids talked. Like." Yeah. That we wanted it to sound like they were teenagers in a high school, and that's what kids said. Like, and at the time, no one thought, of, you know, no one thought about it. So, same thing here. Like, he even says it to Joshua Jackson. He's like, you know, no offense or anything, and he goes, "No, nah, don't take it." Well, it does, because, he just kind of roll his eyes, but like, it was common no, like, enough that right. I'm saying like it was a thing where like, hey, I hope you don't mind me saying this, even though I know you do. And like the gay guy is like, I, I'm going to say I don't, but yeah, it bothers me because that was the understanding everyone had in 1999. <laughs> I'm not saying it was appropriate then either, but it was, it was common. That was all. Yeah, yeah, no, shouldn't yeah. shouldn't say those things. Just they were common. Oh, they're terrible. So, <laughs> yeah. So the kiss with Michelle, Michelle, uh, sorry, Michelle Geller, and Selma Blair, they kissed in the park. And she goes, you know, like sometimes girls practice to, for for their boyfriends. So my wife just turns to me, and goes, "We don't do that." <laughs> I was like, my "Oh, wife, okay." My, my wife said the same thing. Like, we didn't do that. Yeah, she's like, Nobody that. did that. And I remember being like fourteen. I was like, "Is is that true? Is that what they do?" And like, no, they they don't really do that. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, everybody. Somebody might have, but nobody that we married. So. No one, I, yeah, no one I know. Did. <laughs> All right, but now she's all that. I I didn't rewatch it, but I I remember watching it a long time ago and really wondering why Freddie Prince Jr. got you know any work at all. Like he was so bad in everything he ever did. Yes. <laughs> I feel bad. He seems like a nice guy, but he was. He was really bad. Well, she she wasn't any better. Oh yeah, was it was that, was that Rachel Rachel Lee? Rachel Lee Cook? Lee Cook. What else was she in besides this? Uh, trying to well, think. This was like her big thing. You know, when she was in. Uh, she does a lot of voiceover work now. Okay. Um. But I mean, she she wasn't really in a whole lot of stuff after this that was like popular, you know. More she's teen pretty. Yeah, she's very pretty, and that was the thing. Like, you know, she she was pretty when she when they got all the makeup off of her, like the 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 paint and everything, and all that stuff. Well, like that was basically like a Clark Kent thing. Like, just pulled off her glasses and let her hair down with like that one of those big like pert pl- pert plus hair commercial. 
twists. And like, yeah. oh my god, she's Whoa. gorgeous. Yeah, like oh my gosh, but uh, she never really had like a her career never like took off. Yeah, no. So yeah. like, so she's all that, and then you're right. She has done a absolute mind blowing number of movies with has like a voiceover. Right. Like it's kind of bananas. Um, she did Dawson's Creek for three episodes. And, uh, but yeah, like, like Batman Beyond and like, yeah, a lot of like video games. You know who's, who amazingly kept getting, I said it when I was watching it, like it kept getting work. Matthew Lillard. Yes. He plays the, the guy from like the real world that she goes out with. Yes. You know, and like he, he was, he was the bad guy in Scream, you know, Uh, he's not a good looking guy. No, but. But he's in a ton of stuff, and he's good in everything that he does. Like he's much better in this movie than everybody else. And he's playing the dumbest character. So he was in something like I saw recently when I was like, "Wait a minute, is that is that Matthew Lillard?" And yeah, that was him. Like he's done apparently a lot of the like you know a lot of voiceover for like you know Scooby Doo. Yeah, he was he was thing. the live action ones. Yeah, he was Shaggy, right? But he's but, he's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of like the last thing I saw him in, where I was just like, oh, that's like he was good in that, and it's gonna drop me freaking bananas until I figure it out. Uh, I did see him on an episode of, um, what's her name, Kelly Kapowski from, uh. Yeah, by the really bell. <laughs> well, that really doesn't help. Oh God, Tiff- Tiffany Thiessen had a was- um, what do you call it? Had a a cooking show on like for like a hot minute, and you know, like most men who grew up in America at the same time as me, we all have a soft spot in our heart for 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 Kelly Kapowski. So like, I watched five minutes of this. <laughs> really terrible cooking show and she's like we're, we're you know my husband and i are going over to my friend matthew's house and his wife so it's like it's matthew lillard's house and like oh it's the guy from scream Good that's hilarious yeah no it's it was terrible um <clears throat> i can't i can't find the movie that i'm looking at like i'm, I'm looking at like all, all of his stuff on uh i on Wikipedia here, and I just nothing that's jumping. I remember seeing him in something where he was good. Like it was one of those things where I just didn't expect to see him, and then there he is. And like, okay, that was that was fine. So it'll come to me later. But uh, but yeah, like he's better than most at. Oh, he was in Billions too, right? That, that yeah. might have been what it was. He he shows up in in Billions, and like. You know he's kind of a character actor. Like this is what he does now. He, you know, he's not. You know, like he had like you know a pretty big career when he was young, playing absolute goofball lunatics, and then he just got Scooby Doo, and that was it. That's sort hey, of good for him. Was. And I always forget that Casey Kasem was the was the original voice of Shaggy. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I, I, was, I remember that. I always forget that. But um, um so this movie sucks. <laughs> Yeah, like, it's, like it sucks. This is awful. This is just a bad movie. I, I couldn't even find anything funny about it or like to watch with it. It's 
it's it's so unmemorable that all I can think about is is him in the basement with the girl talking about isn't her mother passed away? Yeah, her mother died. She's like, busy doing her art. Yeah, and it's sad. And then then you have like the standard mean girl in Jodie Lynn O'Keefe, mm-hmm. who we also had because she she looked like Kelly Kapowski, so we all had a crush on her for that reason too. Uh, for that reason too and uh, yeah like nothing about the film sticks in my head as being interesting like like, didn't uh, uh, Kevin Pollack play the dad Kevin Pollack was her her dad who owned the the pool cleaning business yeah he was he was like an oblivious kind of dolt character her her brother was uh, Kieran Culkin right that's right Kieran Culkin and his his sister was Anna Paquin Oh, really? Yeah. She totally blocked that out. She helps like get the girl all dolled up with the makeup and everything. Yeah. But this is one of those. So this is a teen movie that, you know, they have a few scenes at the school, but they don't go to class. You don't actually see like teachers. You see one teacher in the art room. Um, So it's like the end of the school year. And, you know, even though all the characters have apparently known each other for years, they're all suddenly finding things out about one another. They're like, oh, she's a complete better airhead. You know, well, why would my girlfriend dump me for this guy in the real world while she was on spring break? Like, I don't know. Maybe because she's a shallow, selfish, you know, ditzy person. And he got into Yale, Harvard, and Dartmouth, but he's a little indecisive about where to go. Like, <laughs> Okay, sure. Wait, wait, Freddie Prince Jr. got it gets into Yale, Harvard, and Dartmouth. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> he has all the he has all the letters at home, but he's not sure which one to go to, so he keeps the letters hidden from his dad. You know, and he basically runs the school. Like he literally walks in, smiles at everyone, smiles at a picture of himself on the wall, <laughs> and everyone starts fawning over him as he walks down. Like everybody part, like the seas part. You know. So it's it's horrendously, I mean, it's totally all over the place. One minute it's really goofy, the next minute you're like, I'm supposed to feel feel something in this scene. I think he's feeling love or <laughs> he's feeling confident here. You know, like, is this supposed to be exciting? I think what else hurts this movie is they spoofed this. There was a movie called Not Another Teen Movie. Yes. And most of it was taken from this. And that movie's hilarious. Like it's also very stupid. But it it's like the Austin Power. It's like what Austin Powers did to James Bond. Yeah. You know, like they poked holes in that so badly that you couldn't watch a Bond movie again. Same thing happens here. Where like in that movie, you know, the two guys who look like the black guy and Paul Walker and everything, they're like, We're we're gonna pick an ugly girl for you to to be the make the prom queen <laughs> you know like how about the hippie albino and how about the, uh, <laughs> the the siamese twins with their heads stuck together and he's like i could do that easy and he goes oh i got it the girl with the ponytail and the paint on her overalls and he's like no not that that's impossible <laughs> like <laughs> that's what happens here yeah like oh not the weirdo art kid like yeah. Why? 
can we are we all that stupid she's obviously pretty <laughs> she has her hair and a ponytail that's all yeah that was <laughs> that's some low-hanging fruit right there is what that is uh, yeah so like the, the movie because it was so unbelievable and so kind of dumb it wasn't even fun to watch Whereas Cruel Intentions like, okay, this is clearly a bad movie and everyone knows it. We're going to lean into the weirdness here. You know, like Sarah Michelle Gellar and Ryan Phillippe had some wacky scenes that were supposed to be comical. But like Freddie Prince Jr. is playing it so straight. And so is Rachel Lee Cook. And I'm like, if you're going to take it seriously, then it needs to make some kind of sense. Like he keeps showing up at her house and she's like, stop showing up at my house. Let's go out now. (laughs) You know? Like she's like, why? Why do you keep coming to my house? He goes, I want to. She goes, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like you're not even the least bit curious why he's doing that. Did they know each other when they were kids? Was that like an angle? Like they were friends when they were younger and they stopped being friends? No, I, they didn't mention that. Okay, Weird. I mean, maybe. Like yeah, he doesn't know anything about her. I mean, I've never read Pygmalion. I don't know much about it. I have seen My Fair Lady. It's a fantastic musical uh, movie is good but not great because they took Audrey Hepburn, who was good in the movie, and they dubbed over her singing voice with, I think, uh, Julie Andrews. And it was... They didn't They didn't actually tell her. It was kind of a sad story. They they hired Audrey Hepburn, and she, they're like, we, we we want you to practice singing. So she, like, trained herself how to sing, and it wasn't very good. And they were like, nope, she sucks. And so they, they redubbed all the songs with, with Julie Andrews. And then they didn't tell Audrey Hepburn, supposedly, until, the, like, the premiere... When she saw, mm-hmm. she, she sees it. And she goes, "That's not my voice," and she was unhappy to say the least. Yeah. But um, I mean, that musical works because it's a musical. It's about two people, you know, of very different statuses, statuses, stadia, <laughs> I don't know, status, status. Who, and I think that's one of the things about, um. You know, since this is a British story, that's one of the things that makes it work really well when it's told as a period piece in Britain is that, you know, if he's not just the, 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 the thing is that the hard, hard, hard hearted professor, you know, seeks to take on an, an on an academic challenge and he ends up falling in love in the process that's not this movie this movie is can you manipulate someone into being pretty so that you could potentially have sex with them and you know it, this was the, this was the, the 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 last gasp of the raunchy teen comedy which i think had its absolute height with animal house and porkies and revenge of the nerds and all those movies where they're and, and mash which wasn't a teen comedy, but it was a, uh, it was certainly raunchy. But there was like actual rape in the movies, but it was like the kind of rape that was okay, I guess, back then, because <laughs> nobody really seemed to mind. And then you, you know, by the time you you get to the late nineties, you have teen comedies that are a bit more introspective and a bit more, I, th- I think, better. And like the best ones, you know, even if they're based on you know, older stories, 
they you know they 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 tap into you know real relationships and characters that in, that actually interact with each other and you know have re, you know realistic conversations that allow for them to to develop these two movies don't do any of those things they're entirely you know contrived and i think in the case of of um of she's all that like they're missing that element of the original story that made it work, which was that this person, like, it was real elevation. Because like there is a real, there was, there still is, but there, but there really was a real class system in Britain that prevented people from, you know, transcending their, um, their, you know, their, uh, uh, uh their rank. Whereas here. It really isn't that. It's a contrived status that just children are imposing upon themselves as they learn how to manage adolescence. And so there's something odd about treating that so seriously. Like, no, there's a real, like, you know, jocks and cool kids are up here and art kids are down here kind of mode that, like, it might have been relevant to, to children who saw this in the 90s, like we were, but... You know, it certainly won't hold up now that we're almost like I'm in my forties. Like this, this, this seems really stupid. But there isn't yeah. any of that in the good movies. Like there's, there's hints of it, cool kids and not cool kids. But there's it, there's always the sense that the kids are leading a life that the adults don't see. Yeah, which you is know? true in some way. Which is yeah, life. it's absolutely true. I mean, we're both teachers, and we don't. I mean, I should, hopefully, you know, I mean, we don't factor into their lives except as obstacles because we're in school and that's not where they want to be. They're on, they're online, they're on TikTok, they have friendships, they have dramas and breakups. Like they have their own lives that, that go on when, that we don't see. And so in the best teen movies, the real world is around them and they are living their own lives with the world around them. And like that just becomes like something that they also have to navigate. You know, there's hints of it and she's all that. Like, what college is he going to go to? Like, eventually, he cannot stay in high school forever anyway. But when they never go to class and they can walk around and do whatever they want and they never have to answer to anybody and, and things like that. And, you know, then it becomes hard to hard to believe because you're like, now they're just doing things adults would do. Right. You know. I, I my friend was always saying that with Toy Story. It's cute when Toy Story, the first couple of them, that the toys have a life that the that the adults and children don't see. But by the time we get to like Toy Story three and four, like they're starting to break those rules where like the, the toys have like a society and <laughs> like their own form of currency and you know <laughs> like it it be, it starts to break your dis- suspension of disbelief that the toys you know could, could be doing these things when no one ever sees them and you know like they would never come to life and stuff like that so the same thing here not that i wanted to watch them just sit in history class but i was like don't they also have responsibilities that they should be doing well it it also like you know you think about the good ones like 10 things like they have to contend with normal high school things an overbearing protective father you know having to do homework going to 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 detention i mean they even use 
a homework assignment as a way of you know allowing Julia Stiles' character to really break down and show her feelings towards Heath Ledger, and then like she writes that poem, and it's like cute and pretty, and like she absolutely loses it, and it's actually a really great scene in that movie. Oh yeah, movie, movie is. There's oh, a lot the of good acting happening in that movie by a lot of young people, and you know, and some of it is goofy, like David Crumoltz, who is, you know, it's like, oh, what are you doing here? <laughs> you know, but like, yeah, well, th- the outside world puts those pressures and and limitations on them, and it it sets up the reason. Like, so you mentioned that you know, in England they had a class system and it was pretty rigid. In America, they don't have that. Okay, in high school they do. Yeah, and so the girl in ten things is is mean to everyone, and she's like, "I don't do what other people say," and um, you know, I don't down with prom. And she rips the posters down, and the girl and she's all that is like that too. She's an artist. She's soulful. No one understands her, but there's a reason for that in Ten Things I Hate About You, where she says, "I did what everyone told me and expected me to do, and I got hurt. I slept with a boy who didn't actually care for me." And it hurt me so badly that after that, I swore I would never do that again. You know, that's that's what happens to young women in high school. The, the pressures are on them. And when they bend to that pressure, it, it hurts them in ways. Whereas in this one, it's like, no one gets me because my mom is dead. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> is, is that a thing? Like, and like, they're supposed to be like poor because their dad owns a pool a pool company where he cleans drains. But they still live in beautiful L.A., <laughs> like in Beverly Hills, sunny California. Like, yeah, yeah like yeah. they're not living in the dirt house. There's a lot of pools in California, guys. I just want to point that out. Yeah, so like, their behavior has no reflection on their surroundings. Yeah, you know? and also like, like I said, like totally, it's a mess. Like, yeah, high schools do have, class, you know, little class systems and hierarchies and what have you, but like. You know, it's not quite so straightforward as that, and you know, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's not, it's not the same thing. The, the the two rules don't apply, and also, like in Pygmalion, like the goal of the Freddie Prince Jr. character is not to make the person attractive and fall in love with them. To make someone the prom queen is to make someone into something that you would be attracted to enough to date. That isn't the point of that story. It's to make her sound, um, you know, as if she's of of a higher class. And that is like so like this like the, like the 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 love story is tangential, and then it becomes the main thing. Here, that's always the. the the point of it is, it's always you know he's he's always trying to make her into something you know, like attractive and you know so like that so someone to be sought after for that purpose. Mm-hmm. But here, but like so like it's, you know it's just it's just one thing if like you're trying to make somebody into one thing and it turns out that you that you make them into a monster or you see who they really are and you fall in love with them that's that's <laughs> that's interesting, but to make them attractive. For the purpose of making them attractive, uh, is not interesting. It's just you know, yeah. And then they all dance together at the prom. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? 
vaguely was it like oh uh, in a gym or was it like at a oh it's in some ridiculous hotel or something and usher is their like school announcements guy i forgot about that yeah you know like he raps over things and he's their dj at the prom and then he just goes all right everybody let's time to do the dance that i taught you all and they all start doing like a choreographed dance because apparently the movie was short they had to fill it out a little so they Bollywooded it up a little bit. Yeah, and I was like, "This is kind of stupid." They're all dancing in sync, like like they're doing like a a whole thing here. And then Rachel Lee Cook was doing it, the girl who didn't do anything. <laughs> I was like, "How would she know that dance? She hates everybody." Oh, it was oh, really awkward. So stupid. So. I don't think this one holds up at all. Well, no, I imagine you can skip not. this one. Yeah, like, the trailer alone was 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 rough to sit through. I'm like, this is really like, oh, Paul Walker. Oh, it's too bad. I, I missed that whole Paul. I see. I didn't see this one, so I didn't know him. And then I didn't watch any Fast and Furious movies, and I never saw Varsity Blues. So like, you know, when he died, everyone's like, Paul Walker died. I'm like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> It's like he was in Fast and Furious. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, well, like what they what they don't talk about because I think he had such so much goodwill from like the Fast and Furious movies and like so he died driving a um, what was it? It was a uh, a Porsche Carrera GT, which is sort of a famous car for. Um, you know, for just it, it's it was a a supercar, so it, you know it's a has a giant engine in the back, makes a bajillion horsepower. But it was it's a very manual car. Like a lot of the cars they make today are highly computerized, and like the, the the car will sort of take over. This is not that. It's much more dangerous because it's pretty much like just like a a race car they made for the road. And I was like, oh, he died. So he died because he was going like, so like just on on Wikipedia, between 80 and 93 miles per hour in a, you know, 45 mile per hour street in like Santa Clara, Santa, Santa Clarita, California. So like on a, on a regular road doing, you know, twice the speed limit, driving a very, you know, dangerous car. He just spins out and crashes into a wall or whatever. Like just so it was sad, but it wasn't like he was just driving down the freeway and a bus hit him. Like he was, you know, he was doing something incredibly dangerous and illegal, and he got himself killed. And that was, you know, that's not so good. Mm. So like it's a, it's an accident and a tragedy, of course. But it was like this is a reckless person doing this whole thing. So like that part gets sort of glossed over a little bit. But uh, and there's all kinds of lawsuits about it. Apparently, like his dad sued. You know, I don't know. It was a lot going on there. But I don't know. He couldn't really act very well in this. No, he was not a good actor at all. He was terrible. He was just very handsome. Yeah, all these guys were just like ridiculously handsome. He he should have been the Freddie Prince Jr. character. Yes, that part didn't make sense to me. Like, why you why, why your lead is the second most handsome guy in your film? And skinny. So, like, at one point, these two idiot jerks are like beating up 
her little brother, Kieran Culkin, and Freddie Prince Jr. walks in and like yells at them and gets them to stop bullying him and because he's like the king of the school but like he's like a twig i'm like these guys could just wreck him right now i don't understand and then at one point paul walker doesn't have a shirt on in the locker room i'm like oh my god that man is jacked <laughs> like yeah you should be afraid of him yeah it didn't make any like i never got his career he he didn't make sense as an action star he didn't make sense as a romantic lead he didn't make sense as you know a dramatically like there was a really you want, you want to watch a really terrible movie with, with him watch down to you oh, i'm good <laughs> it's freddie prince jr julia styles and henry winkler it is awful you know like like there's there, there's like an attempted suicide in it. like it's like it's bad because like he's not believable as he, he he's so wooden He's, I don't know, he's, he's, maybe he's better now. I heard him being really angry on like a podcast or like a TikTok video that had that cliff, cliff from a podcast. And, you know, he has some interesting insights as to, you know, how his career, his career went. But I'm like, you also just weren't that good, boss. Yeah. So, so these do not hold up. No, they do not hold up. No. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. You know, if you enjoyed all that steaminess from Cruel Intentions, that's still there, but it's also kind of awkward now. Oh, it's awkward. Yeah. So, but if you guys have any thoughts about these two films that you think we didn't cover, you can let us know on Twitter or X or Instagram or threads at, at Three Drinks in Pod on all those things. You can tell us on Facebook. You can email us at Three Drinks in Podcast at gmail.com. And you can buy our t shirts and things over at tpublic.com. Anything else? No, that's it. All right. As, as always, please drink responsibly, and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.